Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, writer at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by Isaac Harris, the editor of Smoking Cuban. So, Nick, I have a question for you. We're, I was debating today about the legacy of Shaq. Ooh. And my question is simple. What would Shaq be in today's game? The most dominant player in the NBA. He would just score literally every single time. Who is going to guard? Wait, do you, do you do you believe this, or are you just saying this out of Laker love? No, who is built like Shaq right now? Nobody. Okay, so okay, like so, Felicio, Felicio for the Bulls is probably the closest, just because he's like a large seven footer. You know, like the rest but, of the seven but, footers are like Carl Towns, and I mean Marcus Gasol could probably guard him. Other than that, who's going to stop Shaq on the low block? No. But like, here's my thing though: he couldn't play in this finals. Like he couldn't play for Cleveland, that would be a joke. And and like so like yeah, we they would put, back and forth. They would put him in a lot of pick and rolls. So it's oh, it would be every all day, every day. Yeah, they, they would just switch pull him out front. And so that you know, it was like a it was a big group text in, between our staff, and there was a couple of us on one side, a couple of us on the other side. And I get the low block. Like if he got it on the low block, it's over. But I just think the pace and everything would just kind of make him. Would he be? And I, it was so hard. With, with the pace, he might be in better shape than he was. If okay. you think about it like that. Because Shaq would play himself into shape. And so he would be playing at that pace. And eventually he would get – by the finals, he would be in, like, incredible shape to where he w- he wasn't going to be, like, 340 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And he can't shoot threes. So, like, you see in today's game, like, you yeah. see Dwight Howard. Dwight yeah. Howard's like, oh, we'll start shooting threes. Or that Marcus, an idiot. <laughs> Marcus Saul, you know, he added it to his game. But, like, you look around the league and even, like, Detroit shopping Drummond. You see Greg Monroe. You know, he's, like, in the second unit now. And I'm not saying Shaq would be that, but it's really interesting to think about what would happen to him in today's game because I think just with this era, even if he was on Golden State in the finals, all Golden State would have to do is just, hey, we're just going to go small and put Love at the five and put Love in the corner. And who in the heck is Shaq going to try to keep up with? Well, but who's going to guard Shaq? Kevin Love's going to guard Shaq. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the alternate. But I think you would have more possessions on the other side because you're going to wear him down eventually. But he, Shaq would also get like 20 rebounds on any team right now, too. You know, like the possess he'll get he'll get the possessions back. It's all about plus minus. So it's you know yeah. whatever Shaq gives up on the other end, he he'll also get back an offensive rebound. Like Shaq would get back all of his misses because he would just bully people and elbow people and his his you know throw his button to people and they would move out of the way and. So yeah, it does go back and forth. You're like, yeah, he would, you know, be a liability sort of on defense, but I mean, he's he was a great rim protector and I think eventually he wouldn't be able to like stay out with guards, but I mean, his feet were really quick. Like he he had really quick feet for a big man. And that's what made him so good down low. 
and not like you know like tractor trailer <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. that, like that's the alternative and uh so i he would have probably adapted he would have had to adapt his game but imagine like shack with a, a real stretch four like imagine with shack with like robert ory well yeah <laughs> him but but like with kevin love and then like real shooters on the outside Kobe was a volume shooter. Rick Fox was all right. Derek Fisher was all right. Yeah, I know that was kind of like a loaded question to start. So, but why? Because why? I have a poster of him on my wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it kind of, I knew it cut into our pod, but I don't want to. I just want to see what you thought. All right, so this pod we are going to be talking about Dennis Smith Jr. We are going to be diving into these draft profiles, uh, but before we do that, we wanted to let you know that you aren't missing out on the the Locked On Draft podcast that we promised. Uh, that will be coming. We're going to record that actually in studio together, so the audio quality will hopefully be better than this. And uh, we'll be together talking about that. We made two massive trades on the Locked On Draft, Isaac, and they were awesome. Oh, they they were great. <laughs> if this happened, and it's legit stuff. So, like, these are reporters. These are verified people on Twitter. These are credentialed guys yep. that cover teams, you know, daily, every, weekly like we do. So, like, they're controlling the team. So, we went back and forth shooting some deals. Like, we were acting if we were Donnie and Cuban and them. And we pulled off a few trades. And I think Mad Sands would be pretty happy with what we pulled off. But we'll see. We lowered the average age of the Mavericks roster by a, a whole year, which is really, really hard to do, especially having Dirk as the outlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially having Dirk. So, we, we can just say that we might have unloaded Wes. <laughs> kept our 2000, 2018 first rounder. We kept that and came away with two first round picks in this draft. We did. We did do that and other things. So yeah, there's some. There, it came at some cost, but you can. We'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Hopefully, that will be dropping Tuesday. It's probably a bonus podcast. We'll just drop that, and then we're also putting together the locked on whole draft podcast. So that's every single team that drafted they're going to do five minutes and it's going to run down all the picks there were some interesting picks in that draft i was just looking through it and i was like man some some you know players went places i did not expect jason tatum dropped you had uh so you had deer and fox's name spelled wrong <laughs> <laughs> tj leaf went tj leaf went really high mid first i think something like that John Collins still hasn't gone. He's supposed to. He's he got invited to the draft. He still hasn't gone. The Nets didn't even pick him. Canard Canard dropped a little bit. Uh, I, he went about where he was going to go before his his uh, workout though, right? Like his workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushed him up like six spots. And he yeah he went eighteen. I think he'll drop a little bit more too. But Juwan Evans went seventeen. Yeah. To the bus. That, that's kind of interesting to me. That yeah that surprised me some. So, all right, but let's today. Let's get right into it. We're gonna go. We're gonna deep dive into it. However long it takes, we're gonna get through all of this uh, Dennis Smith stuff and hopefully be answering these questions for every draft pick that we think is possible for the Mavericks. So, I mean, we're probably gonna we're gonna do Laurie Markkinen. We're gonna do Frank Nilekina. We're gonna do OG Ananobi because because Isaac wants us to, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna do Donovan Mitchell. We think that's possible. We're gonna do. You know Jason Tatum now because he's dropping, <laughs> and so we think that that's a possibility. We're gonna do Malik Monk. Um, that's probably all the ones we'll do, right? The real like, the real focused ones. Yeah, maybe. Did you say Jonathan Isaac? Oh yeah, yeah no, I didn't. I said we'll definitely do Jonathan Isaac. As Even well. though I'm, I'm eighty five, ninety percent sure he will not be there at nine. 
But yeah, he's the one. Cause if all these guys are starting to drop, then it's like, okay, somebody has to go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll do Lori Markin. I don't know if I said that, but all right. So Dennis Smith jr. Let's, we're going to go through these different things. So look for all these things that we talk about. We're going through strengths and weaknesses, availability. So if the, if we think the player is going to be available at the, at the ninth pick where the Mavericks are. And uh, basically that'll, it will decide where we think they're going to go in that section. Then we'll do their ceiling and floor and their NBA uh, comparison. Cause I think those are kind of the same. You can kind of interlace those, the future role on the Mavericks. So what role would Dennis Smith play the roster impact and then why the Mavericks should take this person and why the Mavericks should not take this person. So, hmm. all right strengths i mean dennis smith is an athlete you can i mean just straight out russell westbrook level athlete like maybe not as you know good of an athlete as russell westbrook because we've seen him now have like a couple years to just solely focus on his game and you know grow and be a crazy athlete but he can he can get up there he can off two feet he can almost hit his head on the rim and he's six three he's shorter than westbrook (laughs) yeah i mean when you when you look up Dennis Smith or if you just search his name on Twitter, you know, the main thing people share of him is his monster dunks. And he had that dunk. I want to say is Boston College, maybe Florida State in the, the lane. first one on the Draft Express video, isn't it? Like, oh, my gosh. The first, the, I mean, if you go look at his Draft Express strengths video, it's the first clip that comes up and you're just like, holy cow. Like he just when, gets up in traffic. When he took off, I mean, he, he took off for so small and he just cocked it back and. It was yeah, I mean, so you see stuff like that, and you're like, hey, that's that's really really impressive for a guy his size, and you do kind of wonder and wonder what that could be at the next level if it's going to be the same, and does it does that translate well? And I think it does. I think we've seen it in past drafts. Yeah, I'll talk about that with his with his floor, but other other things that he's really good at. I I mean, he's probably the best athlete in the draft, right? I'm not sure that I've of the guys that I've looked at really intensely. I'm not sure that I've seen a guy that's as athletic as Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Mark Stop. No, nah, actually, Markkinen's like low key, kind of pretty athletic. He's but... more athletic than like Dirk was coming in, so that's that's where it kind of throws us off, you know. Like you're looking, you're looking for him to be Dirk, and he's not. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I I I think I would, I might give it to Fox over him. Oh, really? But I might, yeah. You know, Monk at when he came into Kentucky, he had over a forty inch vertical. Oh, I, think, and, but, I think he still does. But, well, yeah, I, I haven't <laughs> seen anything recently. I just remember when he came into Kentucky a lot. Me being from Kentucky, I, I've seen that a lot. And um, but yeah, I think I think he's in that Fox, Dennis Smith, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell yeah. had a crazy vertical at the combine. Yeah, those three right through there. But I mean Smith, yeah. I mean, but, you could, but you think I always think of Fox as more like shifty, quick kind of guard, whereas Dennis Smith is like an explosion, like leaping kind of kind of yeah yeah that's true two different styles of athleticism yeah i mean you see some like footage in his in fox's workouts and he's throwing some you know nasty windmills 360s but you didn't see it as in the game like you're saying with smith and you did see that i mean you could roll out a highlight reel of dennis smith and it would get any mavs fan any fan excited seeing those dunks and it'll just look and then they'll be like wait is he justin anderson they'll be like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is he all but, is he all dunks and no game and, and it's something to think about too as far as you see all these dunks and you also look at his team and I, I don't know what this section would go into as far as our structure of our profile of him, it goes but, anywhere yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you look at his team and 
you know, he, his team and record at NC State gets thrown at him a lot as far as it being a negative. But they had such – you know, Mark Godfrey got fired in, you know, middle of the season, and he didn't leave. Like, it was one of these situations where, like, <laughs> hey, we're going to fire you, but you're going to stay on to the end of the season. And it's, but It's like what we're seeing right now with Mark Stein. Mark Stein got laid off, <laughs> and Mark Stein is still, like, covering – the NBA that's, finals for ESPN, that's mean. for ESPN radio. No, it's it's like a weird situation where you're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> right, who are you reporting for? Shout outs to uh, Stein. Oh, Steiny. And uh, wait, can I can I share a Stein story real quick before you do that? Yeah. Do you remember the night in the locker room where where Mark Stein was there? It was like he, I only remember Mark Stein being in the locker room like two times the whole season, and uh, one of them. All of them, we're in the locker room. We're uh, we're t- we're all talking to Seth, I think. And uh, all of a sudden, there, there's only like ten of us in there. And all of a sudden, the alarm starts going off, like the fire alarm. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just going off and blinking. And Mark Stein's like looking around and like looks a little concerned, of course, because the thing that you know the fire alarm's going off. And uh, he said, he said, of all my time in locker rooms, this has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm glad to be sharing this moment with you right now, Mark. <laughs> Just like... so, sounds like one of these guys that I've I never seen him talk. I've never seen him in a media scrum. You know, like when I mean, we talk. It's always one on one. Yeah, when we talk to like Carlisle, like before the game or a player at his locker. You know, everybody's just kind of around. Yeah. Stan just kind of just walks in. Is like, you know what? I'm just gonna talk. I'll just hit him up later. I'll just text him. Or he's the vulture. Like, the vulture uh, strategy is something that works really well. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, anyway, so back to Dennis Smith. Yeah, but with Smith, I was going to say, it's kind of like similar to Markel Fultz as far as, like, his teammates around him. He didn't have the luxury of the shooters like Lonzo. And even yeah. though I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's, like, against Lonzo, because I think Lonzo is spectacular. I think he'll be great. But, like, he had shooters at UCLA. Smith and Fultz didn't. So it kind of it kind of plays both ways with Smith as far as he he also played with two bigs. To where the lane was always clogged. It was, and even when, yeah, yeah. Even when he penetrated and he kicked out, he didn't have the shooters. So it's even more. You even you think about it even more at the next level of he can get into the lane. He's that quick, and then it's not going to be as clogged. So hey, let's have a dunk contest in the middle of the lane a couple times a game in the NBA. Yeah, and he, he takes contact like since he had he sort of had to because the like you said the lane was always clogged. So he but he's willing to take contact. And uh, another thing about his uh, like assists, he averaged six assists a game, which was top fifteen in NCAA. Like Lonzo was first with seven point six something, like seven and a half, and then Dennis Smith is there at six. So that's not that big of a difference. That's an assist and a half different, and uh, that shows you what the you know because sometimes you think of like oh he's only averaging six assists, like that's not very much, but because in the NBA you have like Rondo and Chris Paul are averaging ten, but. You know that was a that was a ton in college, especially not having good teammates. Yeah, I keep seeing people say that he's a capable passer, but that to me says that he's definitely capable and like has. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. another, that's just another strength I think for him is that he's he's you know more than you said he, more than a capable passer. You said he he took contact well. I actually wrote down he he shot sixty one percent at the rim, and yeah. for a six for a six three guy, I mean that's that's pretty dang good. The, the thing about that, though, is he, he shot 71% from the free throw line. So taking contact and then, I mean, that's not a, a great free throw percentage. So that, that might go under weaknesses, but he's, you know, he shot six free throws a game. So he's he's going to the line. It's better than Shaq's. <laughs> Definitely better than Shaq's. Uh, another thing is he can score in a variety of ways. I mean, he's 
he's sort of a streaky shooter. You see games where he doesn't hit a three. You see games where he hits like you know three or four, five maybe. Um, but he can. He's shown the ability at least. His shot is not deer and foxes. Like he can pull up, he can spot up, he can catch and shoot. You know, he can do all of those things. And I think with better spacing and probably better, probably better passes from teammates. You know, if he's getting a pass from Dirk instead of a pass from like, I don't know, somebody. <laughs> Somebody's, somebody's playing with on his team, like at North Carolina State. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just gonna be better for him. And that's that's one thing about all these young guys is like their situation is gonna get better playing with better players as well. Not not just playing against better players, but playing with them as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Uh, another <laughs> thing is, what do you think about his him defensively? I, I saw a couple plays where you can just see him when he turns that light on, like he turns on the "I want to play defense" button. He like gets after the ball. He has his hand in passing lanes. You know he can swipe the ball away. Like he gets steals, and he almost averaged two steals a game in in college. But it's sort of, well, he just sort of like turns this light on. Well, that button must be pretty shiny because I don't think he hit it that often. <laughs> but when he does, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, his biggest. If you've looked up anything about Dennis Smith, the top thing when it looks at his weaknesses is his defense and his. Mo- you know, his effort motor, whatever you want to call it. And, and it's not, it's not something that you, you know, obviously some big town scouting people are talking about it. So it's not just something that people are just throwing out there and you can see it. Like I watched a lot of ACC basketball this year because I'm a diehard Tar Heel fan. And, you know, I watched him against Carolina and that first, <laughs> that first game we played against him, he scored 11 points and Carolina beat him by 51. Jeez. So, uh, but you know, there was, there was some games and this is the big debate, you know, was, did it have to do with this coach who was getting fired and all this stuff and his whole situation, did that play into his effort? Because it did look like in a lot of games that he just didn't care at times, you know, if they're getting beat, he's just kind of like, and you saw it on the defensive side, you know, to where he just, I mean, he looked like a tree sometimes and he's six, (laughs) three. And it was, it, it was, you know, it's effort means a lot to me. And that's why when I'm doing like my draft boards or stuff like that, like you, when you look at different people like us, you know, effort to some people, to some scouting people or whoever it is that's talking, effort means a lot to some people. It doesn't. And to me personally, in my opinion, it means a lot to me because in today's game, you can see how far effort will take you, you know, playing defense or whatever it is compared to, you know, talent too. So if that makes sense, it kind of doesn't make sense, but no, but it's going to mean a lot to the Mavericks too. The Mavericks do not take players that don't try hard. I mean, I, I can't think of it like this past season. We haven't, we didn't, we didn't really have a guy on the Mavericks that didn't try hard. Like Wes, Wes Matthews was the guy on the team that people were like, Oh, sometimes he, you know, seems like he doesn't want to be there. doesn't want to try, but he, Wes Matthews like plays his butt off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if that's the, you know, like that's how it's relative. You know, you look at the players on your team like, oh, that that's a guy taking plays off. Well, you know, Wes Matthews is far from that, but that's who the, that's who Mavs fans think takes, you know, plays off because they're not used to watching guys like, I mean, I don't know. You watch Derrick Rose on defense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think about, I think about how Rick reacts to Salah sometimes <laughs> and, to where he's like, what are you doing? Like, and he's just yelling at him or he instantly takes him out. I mean, I could see this picture perfect image in my head of Dennis Smith like not closing out on somebody or not doing something just kind of lazy and Rick immediately pointing at Yogi and saying get him <laughs> and Yogi checks in for him and Dennis comes off and he's just chewing him out and so I mean 
I'm not saying it it wouldn't work out, but I just see that happening a lot. Have you seen the uh, the picture of of Carlisle going after Rondo? He's got his fist clenched and he has his mouth like wide open, like in a scream. I don't think so. Against Rondo, we use it we use it a lot on our site, like probably too much. Um, <laughs> but you can just Photoshop Dennis Smith into there because that will happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except is- Rondo thinks he like Rondo probably uses the fact of like hey i want a ring i know how to run the show i did it dennis smith is just like he might not be as cocky he just doesn't like give it sometimes and he could be totally different at the next level i mean we're just guys looking at different you know film and whatever it is and making our own assumptions but like look at it earlier in the year his his arguably his biggest game was the duke game you know, yeah, it's the first huge. the first highlights you see when you look at him. You see the strengths videos. They show the Duke game, and you know, obviously Duke this past year they had Tatum, they had Kennard, they had Harry Giles, they had they had, Frank I, they had I hate Grayson Allen. <laughs> yes, I hate Grayson <laughs> Allen. They had Frank Jackson. I mean, they had a, a, a loaded team that some people thought do. would. Yeah, so I mean, he went in there and he put up thirty two points, six assists. And it's the first time NC State had beat Duke in 22 years at you know at, at Cameron. And it was and at, it was a, and it was at Duke too. Yeah, yeah. 22 years at Cameron, they hadn't won, and 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 he put on a show. I mean, he kept on. I mean, he was hitting threes, and then he capped it off. You know, at Cameron, the buzzer went off right before he he leaped, and it was a breakaway, and threw it down. And if you're a fan of Dennis Smith, that was your game. That's the model. That's the game. But I, I really want to say this: the very next game was against Louisville, and Louisville was ranked also. They lost by 25 points, and Dennis Smith had eight points. Yeah, not not a great look. Yeah, yeah, so take that for whatever you want it to be. Take that for data. That's what you should do. (laughs) Take that for data. So, yeah, but in that that Duke game, though, he had 32 points. He shot 15 free throws, six six threes, and made four of his threes. And, uh, you know, shot 50% from the floor, 12, 12 shots, six of them. He made six of them. Um, I mean, man, well, no, he had, I'm sorry. He had, he shot 18 times and hit 10 of them. So 55% from the floor. And, uh, like that's what you would really love to have in the NBA. You know, a guy that gets to the free throw line, a guy that hits threes. Uh, He also had six assists in that game. So it's not like he was just, you know, scoring, scoring, scoring. It was, you know, he's also dishing it out couple steals rebounds he only had three turnovers one foul one foul in a game where you win you know on the road so that those are all the upside things of him i think the other thing the other upside that should be is he did play in an awful situation and uh yeah. i think that really affects guys like you know nerland's noel was in a bad situation earlier this year and the mavericks brought him on and people didn't really think about that <laughs> too much you know yeah um so weaknesses um we've we've talked about some of them the defensive effort um He's going to drive, drive Carlisle insane. Turnovers, I think, is something that we're going to see him do because he does take risks. He's a, you know, I, I like to say that he's more of a Justin Anderson than a Dorian Finney-Smith. If we're going to put that on the spectrum, like, of the two guys that one of them just – Dorian Finney-Smith will never, like, make a mistake. He will just always do what he's supposed to do, but he won't take risks. Where Justin Anderson will take all the risks that there are. <laughs> he'll, yeah. ta- he'll take an ill-advised three. He will, you know, try a dunk that he shouldn't, you know, like. He will yeah. try almost too hard. So he's he's more of a Justin Anderson than a Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, he picks up his dribble sometimes. This is like a whole section in the Draft Express scouting video where he, he picks up his dribble and doesn't really have a plan 
and Carlisle, that's that's going to drive Carlisle nuts. If he picks his dribble up <laughs> at like half court, <laughs> doesn't know doesn't have an idea where to go with it. Car- Carlisle's going to meet him at half court. <laughs> <laughs> he won't even call timeout. He'll just run out there. Now I have a I have a term I like to use a lot. You mentioned Justin and Finney Smith, and it reminds me it's kind of a of Javel. I like to use unleash. Yeah. So like some players have the unleash kind of factor of, you, it's like a dog and it's you know on the leash and you just kind of unleash them. Like Finney Smith, you don't unleash. He's a trained person. You put him in there, he's gonna do what you tell him to do. But there's players, and I'm not saying they're not successful. But there's also players that check into the game, and it's like you're taking the leash off, leash off, and you're saying you just unleash him out there. Like Salah has a little unleash factor. Yeah. And Javel is the definition of that. And it was back last year that I was thinking, and I tweeted, I was like, you know, Justin Anderson has a little unleash factor to him. Like, you kind of just unleash him out there, and his athleticism, he's just bouncing off the walls, and he's gonna make stupid decisions, but he's gonna make a crazy block too. Yeah, he'll and, make like two good plays and like two bad ones. <laughs> yeah, so I, Smith is kind of like in between. I don't think he's, you know, that unleashable or whatever it is, but he's pretty composed too. He's right in the middle. But yeah, another thing that there was a question is: Is he going to play well with with others? Like, is he going to be a Westbrook where like he's going to get assists, but sometimes they're kind of empty? And uh, like, how is he going to play with teammates? He sort of needs to have the ball in his hands to be effective. He can. You know, he can do some catch-and-shoot type stuff and, and play off the ball, but he's had the ball his entire life. He's been, you know, he's been in a point guard his entire life. So that's something that's just uncharted territory for him. We're just not sure what that's going to look like. Uh, and he wasn't in the right, you know, attitude or frame of mind to do that at North Carolina State, I don't think. Yeah, and that's kind of a difference between him and Nilakina as far as, you know, Nilakina can come in and play one or two, and I think he can be more comfortable off the ball compared to Dennis Smith, who's always had the ball, always running the show. And if if you want him to do that, then, hey, it's fine. It's no big deal. But if you're wanting somebody to kind of play, and I, we might talk about this in a little bit, as far as if you want somebody to play with Seth and kind of go back and forth of letting Seth run the show and compared to Dennis sometime too, Frank might be a better option with Seth, but we'll see. Yeah, it depends on that. Another thing is his uh, pick and roll play. He's not the he's not great at pick and rolls and this, I don't, this is another thing. I don't know if this is because his, you know, his teammates weren't good. There's a couple plays that I saw where his teammates just weren't ready to get to catch the ball. You know, like he just zipped through their hands or they weren't even looking or, you know, they're just did, not ready. Wait, did Dwight Powell play at NC state? <laughs> Sometimes. So some of it's because his teammates aren't good. And some of it, he just missed wide open teammates or he waved them off or, you know, like he's like, I got this. Like, I'm going to take this. If he waves off Dirk, I mean, the, the city's going to revolt. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. That's a question. Another thing is just his his consistency. You talked about his, uh, you know, 30-point game at Duke and the win. And then after that playing, you know, getting that eight-point game, eight game right after that. His free throw numbers are interest, like really interesting to me. So – he does get to the free throw line. That is something that he does six times a game um, or six free throw attempts per game. And, uh, but he, uh, he shot 10 to 15 free throws, nine out of 32 times. And he shot less than five free throws, 15 out of 32 times. So more than more likely than not, he's getting to the free throw line less than five times a game. Hmm. So that was just sort of interesting. Another, another thing is his uh, assist numbers. 
said that he does you know, he does assist. Some of those were inflated because he had a 16-assist uh, a game, a 15-assist game, and a 13-assist game. <laughs> you know, in his career. And so, and then, uh, 10 times he had less than three assists in a game. So that to me, I mean, that's just the inconsistency, the up and down, like he's able to do these things. Like he's shown just enough basically (laughs) to show us that he can do those things. And, uh, so you can make a pretty good highlight tape of Dennis Smith and be like, look at him. He's such a good passer. Look at him. Double digit assists. And you know, like 30 points and all these trips to the free throw line. But can he do it consistently? You know, the Mavericks need consistency right now. They don't have a lot of players that are going to bring the exact same thing every night. They have Harrison Barnes. You know, I have Dirk that's giving them the same thing. But everybody else is sort of up in the air. Like, what are they going to bring? I guess J.J. and Devin Harris are that. But that's what veterans bring. Um, yeah. I, I just so want to mention. Consistency? Yeah, consistency. It's kind of. But it's also, I think that does play into a situation too. It's so hard to, yeah, yeah. to to judge some of these kids based off their, if they're coming from bad situations. But, you know, as far as weaknesses, I think we mentioned this last pod is he's a square. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's six foot three and his wingspan is six foot three. And that, you saw that on defense. You saw some, you know, if he went against some bigger point guards or bigger guards and, I mean, they just shoot right over the top of it. I mean, he plays against Russell Westbrook. I mean, he has to have somebody like Wes Matthews beside him. I mean, that that ain't gonna happen. I mean, he so which Westbrook, you know, how many times you can go up against Westbrook a night? But it's just, you know, that depends that, on it depends on what Westbrook wants in that game. Yeah, that's a very true statement. But I. Are you getting into player comparisons now? Is that next? Uh, it will do availability, but just the last thing I wanted to note. Yeah, his his wingspan is is not super great, and that's just the one. That's one of the big keys to you know finding a definite defensive, a good defensive player. Like if you have a big wingspan, it does translate to defense. But another thing is he's not necessarily a chucker either. I was surprised by some of these numbers. He he averaged thirteen point one field goal attempts a game, which is the same as Luke Kennard, <laughs> the exact <laughs> same as Luke Kennard. Uh, he was not even the top 100 in college in, in field goal attempts, and Markel Fultz was in the top five, I think. Um, so that's just that's a that's one that's a good quality. It might be a weakness, but it might be a strength. Is that he doesn't he's not just going to chuck up like 40 shots in a game. He's not going to be Westbrook in that sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe that's because that maybe that's him not taking over games. But all right, so his availability of the teams in the top, I guess eight besides the Mavericks. Who do you think could take Dennis Smith Jr. Well, I want to say this. I do not think he'll be there for the Dallas at nine. For the for the Dallas, the Dallas will not for take. the for the Dallas. <laughs> I I don't think he'll be there at nine, and um, I don't know. He's been somebody that's picked up a lot of steam over the past week or so. Yeah, he's and, getting workouts with the Lakers and workouts, with, you know, like a lot of like you know. Yeah. Like so he got a you know I know he got two. We talked about it last time. You know he had that sit down with Phil in New York oh, yeah. and. But, no, teams, I think, um, you know, obviously with Sacramento sitting there at five, if Fox, you know, goes to, let's say Philly takes Fox at, you know, at three and just kind of surprises the people where Phoenix takes him. You know, if, if Sacramento's sitting there, even with Tatum or Josh Jackson on the board, and they're like, hey, I really want a point guard, and they like him, they go for it. I think Orlando's right there in the mix. The teams I would cross off, Lakers, Boston, um, Minnesota. Yeah, definitely Minnesota. Other my, than that, I my mean, my dark horse is Philly. Really? 
my dark horse is Philly. That's I just so I, high. He was he was rated up there before the season. Like he was supposed to be up right up there with Markel Fultz, but I'm just saying dark horse. I don't think he goes there. I think he goes in one of the Sacramento, Orlando, New York. I think New York's his his floor, but that's it's just if you're if you're Philly, you want an explosive guard but you want a guard that can also shoot from the outside too. If you want a combination of Fox and Monk, Dennis Smith, you know, like as far as like, he's not better than both of them, but like he can shoot not as good as Monk, but better than Fox, but he has the athleticism. Yeah. Maybe not as good. He maybe not as fast as Fox. Not as good defensively. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if they want that and if they're sold on him, I mean, you see some of these, you see some of these people out there like scouting people and they're like, Hey, if this is a different draft, he would be a top three, top four pick. Yeah. Dennis Smith. Like, and some people are all in on him. And then some people are like, hey, I think he'll be 10 or 11. But I, I, I personally don't think he'll be there for Dallas at nine. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, same for me. I think, yeah, if Sacramento, if Fox has already gone, I think they could go with him. Uh, the Knicks, it just seems like such a Knicksy pick. Just like the super athletic guy that, you know, doesn't really fit what they're trying to do. <laughs> It's just such a mixy pick. Uh, uh, Locke, David Locke. I totally forgot his first name. David Locke threw together a uh, – he called it the Wisdom of Crowds draft board. So he just put put in like a bunch of different draft boards. So the Ringer guys, Chad Ford, Draft Express, Draft.net, CBS Sports, and Sports Illustrated. He threw all those together and did an average of uh, where these guys should go. And Dennis Smith's average was 7.25. So he's going right between like the seven and the, the eighth spot. Um, couple SI and uh, draft.net had him going six um, to Orlando. That's the highest that he, that he had. And then a couple of them, CBS sports had him going nine. Um, or I guess that's just the only one. And then the rest had him either going eight to New York or one of them at seven draft express had him going seven to Minnesota. I don't, I don't think draft express thinks about fit <laughs> at all. I think they just throw, yeah. throw them up there, like how they're valued. So, that's interesting. In the end, I think he goes to the Knicks. That's my gut feeling. Orlando, I could see them going, but they just have to go best available. I'm, I'm not sure he's there. Depends on their board. I mean, we only got we only got to see their trade board. We didn't get to see their draft board. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think I I do think there's going to be some movement there before Dallas. Some whether it's yeah, whether it's Philly moving back, you know, I I think if you're sitting there with Philly and you're saying, hey, any of your teams underneath me in the top eight or nine give me your best offer because Philly could take a a bunch of these guys. So, you know, Philly moves back, then they could get Dennis Smith. If somebody moves up with Minnesota, if Minnesota trades out and gets a veteran or something, and somebody else comes in and grabs, you know, Smith like that. And I don't know. I just think he's gone by Dallas, but. And somebody's going to fall. Like one of these guys is going to fall, whether that's Tatum or Jackson or Fox or Isaac, you know, like somebody's going to fall. And so stuff's going to start happening. Somebody's going to panic. Somebody's going to make a bad trade. I'm looking at you, Knicks. And uh, <laughs> like something's going to happen there. So, all right. What do you think his ceiling is for me? I think I could see him as like a two-time all-star, like a Baron Davis type Baron Davis, two-time all-star, but you don't think of Baron Davis as a two-time all-star. You think of him as like better than that. You know what I mean? Like he's hot, more highly regarded than, his accolades necessarily, but he's coming into a league with incredible point guard play and guys that are, that have been traditionally twos now playing the point guard guys that have been playing, you know, that would have played small forward or power forward back in the, you know, like 10 years ago are now playing point guard, like Ben Simmons, Giannis, LeBron, like 
man, yeah. this is just a, a tough time to come into the NBA as a point guard. So what do you, I think two-time all-star. Yeah, with Baron Davis, he came out of UCLA, right? I think he did. Um, I just know I just know when Baron Davis came out, you know, something he was known for was his was his effort <laughs> and his motivation true, and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And that's kind of opposite of what what Smith's known for. But yeah, I I do like the Baron Davis one because I think they're the same height, around the same height, around six three or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Steve Francis gets thrown around a lot. Yeah, that's it. And you know, I think Francis was a two, maybe three time All Star, and you know, Francis put up some numbers back in the day. I mean, he had some seasons. He's averaging over twenty. He had some good years through there, and you know, he had more character stuff going on than what you know Dennis Smith does, but. That you know, see Francis, would he be a what if player? Like, what if he didn't go off the deep end, or because he played? I think that I think a lot of people think that he reached kind of his potential. Yeah. Okay. There, um, there's also like there's a small narrow road where he he like Dennis Smith gets a Derrick Rose type MVP, where he just is in the the right perfect fit. He is you know has the coach that's gonna believe in him and the coach that will use him the right way, and the league just works out the certain way to where he is the guy that you know ascends to like MVP status, like Derrick Rose sort of did. Yeah, and I, I want to throw a name out here, and you know I didn't. He what's funny is he actually tweeted this. I want to say it wasn't even at NC State. I want to say it's like his late high school years. And he said that somebody he was like joking around. He says y'all are saying I play like this guy, and I hadn't even thought about it yet. And they're the same height, and it's Damian Lillard. And yeah, not the shooter, yeah. but but yeah, yeah. So like you know, you think of just some bouncy point guards. You know, I want to think of even though Lillard gets severely underrated with his accolades of. You know his All Star appearances. He's a, he's a or, point guard in the West. It's just super hard. <laughs> yeah, and you super you hate that. You hate that for him because it's like you, you look at Lillard's All Stars, you know, over the past whatever, and you're like, really, like that's like not a fair. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair to him saying that he's not an All Star when I mean he's a big time player in the league. So is that his ceiling? Uh, I don't know. Dame has a they're the same height, but Dame has a four inch four inch longer wingspan. So. But and, I think and we don't even think he's that good at defense. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think we're gonna get in some player comparisons in a little bit. But yeah, I I don't know. A Steve Francis. But here's here's what I want to throw at you. How many? Because even if you wanted so-called hate on Dennis Smith, which we're not, we're not at all. How many top athletic point guards prospects coming out of coming into the draft, like top ten, top eight picks? And that's what he's gonna be. How many of them have failed? That's that's what I was going to go into with his floor. He's, I mean, at at worst, he's still going to be in the league. He's not. I don't see him as a guy that's going to be out of the league. You know, because I went in back like, five like years. I went back like ten drafts, and I was looking at like top ten picks, like point guards in those drafts, even just point guards, not just you know athletic point guards. And like really, one of the only few I could find was Johnny Flynn. Yeah, that's and, the only one that comes to mind. And he's he's much more athletic than Johnny Flynn, so yeah, that's when we want to throw out there the Nilakina Dennis Smith stuff. Do I think highest floor? I think it's Dennis Smith. Higher ceiling? I think it's Frank Nilakina. But if that it's kind of thrown together, it might be confusing. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it totally makes sense. Another I, one thing I wrote is a 
end of Iverson's career. I could see him as sort of a guy that just like bounces around to a bunch of different teams and like demands that like still feels like he should be the guy that's that's carrying the ball and uh yeah and doesn't ever get that you know like sort of what iverson did at the end of his career and he's just i mean he'll be a super athletic bench player if anything yeah um, but it, i mean he goes to the right situation and they put the ball in his hands he goes to sacramento or yeah. you know the, yeah he goes to sacramento and they say hey let's run the offense through you he could be like i i think he could be like a damian lillard type and like level of player yeah, like level of player, and I mean the athleticism, the finishing at the rim, his shot, you know, is is good. It's not great, but it's good. So I don't know, but floor, I don't know. Like I, I hate to say Steve Francis has a floor. I mean that's three, that's a three time All Star. Yeah, but I don't think his floor is super low though. I mean unless unless something comes back with his ACL stuff, you know. He, yeah, he depends that, a lot on his athleticism. So yeah, that's one thing he did. He tore his ACL his junior year of high school. He didn't really get to play his. It was it was at a it was at Adidas Nation, so that's like in August. So it was before his senior year, and then he was able to come back. Uh, so, so not too bad. I could have those dates wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay, the uh, comparison. I mean, I already said Baron Davis. Steve Francis was the other one that I had written down. Just like a super athletic guy that can kind of do everything. Not necessarily a great shooter, but he gets gets away with it because of his athleticism. Um, he's gonna be one of those guys where people can't tell if he's good defensively or not. Like like Westbrook. They're like, is Westbrook a good defender? Well, he's super athletic, so he should be. But yeah. is he? You know, like we're like we're really not sure. You know. There's a, I went through the league and I went through each team and I looked at some point guards, some that might remind me of him, a smaller point guard around the six, three height that can, you know, it's kind of, you know, he's really athletic, but it's funny that that's a smaller point guard. And when we have Isaiah Thomas, who's like five, eight. Yeah. But you can't really count him kind of like you can't count LeBron because they're both just kind of like anomalies. Um, well, Giannis and Ben Simmons. Now those guys are going to be point guards. And I can't really count anything with Ben Simmons yet. Dude's touched the summer league floor <laughs> and a medical table. So, <laughs> so, so like, look at Kim, Kimball, Kimball Walker. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's more athletic than Kimba. Kimba's not driving the lane, throwing it down, but like they have the same wingspan. So take that for, you know what, if yeah. you want it like a comparison as far as length wise, but then you look at Reggie Jackson so when Reggie Jackson came out of Boston College, I could be wrong. You're better at this than me. So when, I'll just say Boston College. When Reggie Jackson came out of Boston College, college just say college, just drop the college, co- college, no Boston. <laughs> when he came out of college, you know that was kind of like everybody's talking about his athleticism and his scoring and stuff. So Reggie Jackson's six foot three, same height as Dennis Smith. Do you know what Reggie Jackson's wingspan is? Only because I just Googled it. Seven feet. Seven feet. Yeah. So, like, that helps, obviously. And he did go to Boston College. Okay. So, he's six foot three, seven foot wingspan. So, I mentioned Damian Lillard. They're the same height, but Dame has four inches longer on his wingspan. You want me to give you somebody a point guard? And this gives you a little bit of not really hope because there's still the defensive liability that we see with this guy, but who's the same height as Dennis Smith and has the same wingspan as Dennis Smith. Can you take a shot? That's a really good score in the league right now. Uh, Mike Conley. No, Kyrie. Ooh, 
you know when I looked at it, Ky- I thought Kyrie would have a longer wingspan, uh, just because no, of how he's he... not a good defender. <laughs> no, 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 not defensive wise, but just because how he uh, how he finishes in the paint. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. It feels like he. I mean, he he's I, I the best finisher point guard in the league in the lane. That last but game four, man, is insane. And but three. like so. So like, is he Kyrie? No, but is that a shade of Kyrie as far as, and that goes into his defensive wise, you have to, and I have this, you know, you have to have a defensive wing beside Dennis Smith. I think that's why when we talked about before, I don't want to like go into the next session, but like his pairing with Seth Curry in the backcourt, I'm not sold on that. Yeah. He can only guard one position too. Cause I, I can't imagine him guarding like Clay Thompson or Wes Matthews even, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and we talked about this before as far as does this work? Do, does the two-point guard scoring smaller guards work in the NBA? Like if him and Seth played together. And, we, you know, we kind of threw it out there at the top of our heads, and we said CJ and Dame. Well, now the talk right now is they got to split them up. Yeah. So you look across the league of, like, look at Kyrie, you know, look at the finals. I mean, both teams are trying to hide their point guards. <laughs> Seth and Kyrie, like, <laughs> right. And, you know, Shumper have to be on the floor with Steph. him. And I think they, you know, I, I even wrote a piece on this. I think they miss They're missing DeAndre Liggins right now. And they, they cut him and they could, DeAndre Liggins, they could throw him at Seth at least right or Steph right now. And you did it. You did it twice. I know I did it. Steph but, so anyway, you I just, just think need the, you just need those kind of guys. And it's, especially if you're going to, you're, you're going to commit to a guy like Dennis Smith that isn't going to, you know, play defense super well. His his future role, he, he's going to be a starter. I mean, I can't imagine him as a bench player unless it just the attitude stuff and the, you know, the shot doesn't translate and all this stuff. Like, I just can't see him as anything other than a starter. But you look at so with the with the Kyrie thing, even look at Charlotte. Charlotte has Kemba. Who do they run it at two guard a lot of times? Batum. Yeah, they ran Batum a lot at two guard, and they have to because he has to guard a lot of these guys. You look at Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. I know Brandon Knight's a little bit taller. He's probably like 6'4", 6'5". But, boy, that worked out. <laughs> nope. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of people, kinda... a lot of teams have tried this two-point two guard thing, and it hasn't worked yet. They haven't found the right pairing, I think. But you know who Dennis Smith would go great alongside? Wesley Matthews. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, so, like, you know, that goes into the whole Seth situation of, you know, would Seth be like a Jason Terry coming off the bench? And would he be okay with that? Would he resign to be that? You know, and I don't, there's a lot of questions that come with that. Yeah. If you want, if you want to compliment him with a player that will play defense, can play defense, and gives a crap, Wes Matthews is, has all of those three things and can shoot, <laughs> you know? Wouldn't that be a perfect mentor for him, too? Like, the defensive side of the ball. To I'm not tell. sure if I would say perfect as a hashtag we the media. <laughs> well, I mean, I meant somebody that's just, you know, that's just on fire. That's pissed off. Yeah, like, hey, I yeah. want to win the game that would get in his face and say, this is what you got to do. And yeah, when you're done, when you're done and you play a bad game, you just leave and you don't. Yeah. Stay. Compared you, to like, you, Clay, don't, you, you don't stay and talk to the media. That's what you do. Like Clay says like five words every three days. So Clay talks. You know, <laughs> Clay, Clay talks. says smart things sometimes. He sounds a toaster. The roster impact, yeah, you you already sort of mentioned it. Um, it it would set back Yogi completely, but that, well, I think Yogi knows that. I mean, I, yeah, he he he, he hears the the Dallas needs a point guard talk, and then so then it's like, what do you do with JJ Barea? It's going to either set back one of those two guys to the to the third point guard spot because you can't play any of those guys together. 
JJ yeah. and Yogi or Yogi and Dennis Smith or Yogi and or Dennis Smith and J- and JJ. <laughs> Unless it's like some super small lineups that some other teams are playing. Yeah, it's just matchup driven. The other thing it does is it sets Seth to the two pretty much full time. Like you're now committed. Seth's now a two guard. He's not going to be your point guard if you have Dennis Smith because now you have three point guards and you know, that doesn't mean it can't change. You can move some of those guys, but for fit for the roster, which is what we're talking about now and roster impact makes Seth a two. You know how I feel about that. Not good. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it worked some, you know, it worked last year, but I, I'm just, and we, we've said it before, I'm not personally sold on handing Seth well, big time money to be it a worked two-card. last year to the tune of like 48 losses. So. <laughs> Okay, I was trying to be a little bit more positive. No, but go go back and listen to our Seth our Seth Curry podcast and the going forward thing that we did. Uh, There's a stretch in the season where Seth was starting and he was playing point guard, and the team did really well. So go go listen to that. Um, hmm. All right, let's finish it off. Should the Mavs take him if Dennis Smith is available? Well, it, it does that kind of depend on who's on the board. But I'm actually finishing up my draft board right now. I have version whatever. Ooh. 4.0 did a couple of them now but should they take him i would take nilakina over him and i know that probably makes some people mad because they like seeing their dunks and but then it makes just as many people happy <laughs> i hope so that's the thing so. half the people i feel like i'm as i'm perusing like you know reddit and facebook it's just it's half and half and there's a, a scattering of marketing and you're like why like, what are you no, doing? no 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 not marketing. the marketing I, podcast will be really short if we were, if it was anybody except Dallas, I would be sold on marketing. Like I'm sold on him as a player. It's just not in Dallas. And this. Well, yeah, we'll talk about him. You need to have a team that's almost together. Like just needs a few things and needs shooting. But that's it. Yeah, but so should they take him? I would be fine, and I would be happy if they took him. Uh, I just, I would take Frank. So he's not like your ideal, but you, but you think like yeah, he, if his talent drops all the way there, you take him. Like if they're, if we're coming down the line and they says you know in New York's on the clock, which they you know they've been just as rumored to love you know Frank as much as we have, even though Mark and Donnie just met with him in Italy, you know if they take Frank and Dennis Smith's sitting there at nine for us and we take Dennis Smith, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy with that. So there's not really somebody that we like if we took Smith over. Like you look at the top nine prospects. If we were past nine. It would get a little, a little interesting, but Fultz, Ball, Fox, Jackson, Tatum, Isaac, that's six. Monk, seven. Frank and Dennis Smith, that's nine prospects. Marketing. Well, I'm just saying we're at we're at nine, and that's nine prospects right there. I'm happy with any of those nine, and we're gonna get one of those nine unless we, you know, reach for somebody like Mitchell or OG or something. Ooh. But yeah. All right, yeah. why shouldn't the Mavs take him? Uh, the defensive thing. I, I think that... And the attitude. Yeah, the, the attitude I'm not as worried about as far as his fit maybe next to Seth. Like Fox next to Seth, I think it would be great. Nelikina next to Seth, I think it would be great. Um, Monk, Dennis Smith... Monk next to Seth, we'll talk about. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. We'll talk okay. about and, it. Um, but yeah, Dennis Smith, I, I think... If you are going to pay Seth Curry money, then I don't big time money. I don't uh, think you should. 
I don't think you should. If admit. you were going to give Seth Curry USD American dollars, <laughs> if you were going to give him George Washington's hard-earned one dollar bills. Oh goodness! <laughs> if, if you're going to sign into a big contract, this is the longest podcast we've ever done. So this is uncharted what, territory for what us. What are we at? We are at 51 minutes right now. Oh my gosh! What are we doing? <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone, and I'm so sorry, David Locke. These are supposed to be way shorter, but it's a draft thing, so yeah. people will forgive us. And some people like the longer pods, so tweet us if you like the longer pod. That, there we that go. That guy that tweeted at us, this is for you, bro. Yeah, this one is for you. This one is specifically for. You. There's like a couple guys. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on the Locked On Mavs podcast. Please rate and review this podcast. Go give us five stars on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Check out our sites. Mavs Fanatic has a couple things up there. If you're interested in the Dallas Wings, we got Dallas Wings stuff. Because I just came from a game today, and uh, they lost to the Lynx because Sylvia Fowles is an insane individual that can put anything in the basket. And Maya Moore is really good. But if you're interested in the WNBA, interested in Dallas Wings, check out MavsFanatic.com. We also have some draft stuff going up this week, of course. And then the Smoking Cuban always putting stuff up of course that's where you're supposed to come in and like tease a bunch of stuff that you're doing well i mean i feel like we're writing all the time we just wrote about donnie and mark meeting with frank in italy that was reported nilkina actually tweeted out about that retweeted it i'm working on my draft board right now just kind of what would what would happen with that and yeah i mean we're just all locked in on the draft we i didn't even get to talk about going to harrison martin's camp but I can maybe Dang. talk about. Oh, we'll talk about I can tomorrow. talk about it tomorrow, but yeah, just talking with some mass people at that camp and just how kind of it's uncharted territory, you know, for the organization and stuff is we haven't had to pick this high in a while and going to draft and just in hype. In twenty years, it. in twenty years, Isaac. Twenty years, man. nineteen years to be exact. But <laughs> so yeah, the just say the organization is just as excited as us, and to hear some of them, you know, that talk about it, it's fun. All right, thanks so much for joining the Lockdown Maps. Again, rate and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. Follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. Thanks so much, guys. Peace out. Boom. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17